The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hey everyone, it's Matt Olin, co-founder of Charlotte's Creative and co-publisher of The Biscuit. You know, the Children's Theater of Charlotte is a really special place to me. Always has been and, and, and always will be. When I was a kid growing up in Charlotte, I took classes there. I took part in productions. Um, it was in those creaky halls and historic rooms at the original Ch- Children's Theater of Charlotte when it was over near the corner of Moorhead and McDowell. That's where I, I began to find myself as a creative young person, where I, my creative self began to crack open. You know, and then moving on to college, I, Tim and I both um, taught there during college, during the summers. And then after becoming fathers, we started taking our daughters there, taking them to shows and classes and events. Of course, these days, it's, it's up there at the beautiful Imaginon building in Uptown Charlotte. So it's a special place to me. And, and when it was recently announced that their board of directors had selected now Siramaki as their next managing director, I, just, I knew I had to meet this guy. You know, I, I needed to know who was taking over the reins at this cherished institution that meant so much to me all these years. And so we bring you the latest installment of our podcast segment that we call Onboarding, where we talk to a Charlotte creative who's at the beginning of their new creative journey and, and about the road that they see ahead for them. And what's cool about featuring now on this episode of Onboarding is that He's not just at the beginning of his journey at Children's Theater of Charlotte. He's also at the beginning of his Charlotte journey of calling Charlotte home. It brings a whole new perspective to the conversation. And I'm happy to report that our theater, my friends, is in very, very good hands. So listen in as, uh, as I speak with now about growing up in Japan and being exposed to the arts and falling in love with theater and becoming a stage manager and a theater manager and eventually finding his way to Charlotte and what he thinks of Charlotte, what he hopes for Charlotte and what the vision is that he has for the children's seat of Charlotte. One of the crown jewels of our cultural scene here, one of the best children's theaters in the country. What's his vision? What challenges lie ahead? We get into all of that and more. So hope you enjoy. Now, thank you so much for joining me for this uh, edition of Onboarding on the Biscuit Podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You got it. Okay, so let's start here. Um, I want to hear about your childhood first. What, what was it like and, and what was your exposure to the arts uh, growing up? And, and, you know, what, what did you do creatively as a child? So I grew up, I was born and raised in Japan, and I was raised in different parts of um, Japan. Uh, And uh, I grew up always interested in the performing arts, not uh, uh, strictly theater, but just different kinds of performing arts, music and more traditional Eastern things um, and uh, visual arts even. And um, I, I was so lucky because I had a mother who would take me everywhere um, to give me um, these cultural exposures. And I know it wasn't easy because 
it, it wasn't readily available really where I grew up. So we had to go to different cities and different towns and kind of following, you know, concerts and performances and exhibits. But that's that's just what I got uh, from my mother. So um, and somehow I just became interested in the mechanics of how um, how these performances worked and how everything just came together as a show um, every day, every night, um, you know, just day after day after day. That's what I was interested in. And um, I, I was always that kid who would be um, knocking on the door that said staff only. Um, so I was that kind of kid growing yeah. up. Well, so, so that's, I love that. So can, if you will, connect for me the dots between that upbringing and those exposures to a career in arts management and specifically in theater management. Um, you know, at what point did it sort of, did you sort of realize, I actually want to do this professionally. I want to be behind the scenes managing the process of bringing artistic visions to life. Sure. So just somehow I knew I wanted to end up in the performing arts. Um, and uh, the only thing I knew, I didn't know how to do it, uh, you know, in high school, uh, even a little bit of college, um, now that I think about it, but I knew that I wanted to study it. And in order to learn how to do this for a living, I thought um, I have to go to college and I have to study this. Um, so I uh, decided to go to the University of Central Florida, where um, there was a really great program for stage management. So um, I ended up there thinking um, I will just kind of learn how this whole um, theater thing worked. Now, before that, um, you know, I was my interest, I think, was a little bit scattered. It wasn't um, limited to theater alone. I was, you know, interested in theme parks. I was interested in the movies, uh, all kinds of stuff. But in the end, um, I, I had a chance to just work as a student, kind of a stage manager on a show uh, when I was in college. And that really hooked me in. I wanted that live experience and I wanted that um, a connection, I think, um, mm. with an audience and, and on stage and um, that live kind of an entertainment. So that really got me hooked. Um, and uh, I uh, pursued theater as a, uh, as a major. And uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of what really got me started on that track. I love the fact that you were able to see the role of a stage manager as having a connection to the audience. Because certainly a stage manager in the midst of a, a live theater production, there is still that thrill uh, and urgency of live theater. Whereas a manager of theater, a general manager, producer, you name it, you know, that thrill is very much in the uh, sort of lead up to opening night or first preview or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that you you saw that, that role of stage manager, often quite an unsung role in mm -hmm. theater. Mm -hmm. And that you said, I, this is thrilling to me. I get a charge of this. I feel passionate about this. And, and that's wonderful. Did you ever think that you would want to be on the other side of the curtain, you know, uh, as a performer? Or were you always kind of like, I want to be the, the guy behind the, the curtain? I, I was never, ever interested in um, being on stage or performing whatsoever, not even a little. I didn't I didn't start on that side because I was never interested in it. I was more interested in making things 
possible and making things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, being a, a, being a stage manager just gave me uh, access to everything. It's not just during the show, but it's before and even pre before. Yeah. And, you know, you're right there almost at the creation of this thing, you know, this show. And then you are there every, every minute of the process. And of course, during it and, and also after, yeah. uh, you got to clean up and, you know, lock up the building. So I just, the ghost light up, you got to do all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the totality of it. That's what I was looking for. Even just as a child, I just, I just wanted to see when the art started and I wanted to see the art be created. And I wanted to, I just wanted to see what it, what it looked like to finish a show and then go home and, you know, being in that life and then repeat the process all over again the next day. So I, so I can so relate to, to what you're sharing. Uh, you know, one difference is that as a kid, I, I actually was on stage. I loved acting. I loved taking acting classes. In fact, I used to, having grown up in Charlotte, I used to go to the Children's Theater of Charlotte and take classes. Wow. That's the great. original, the original, which, which, you know, you may or may not know was, was on Moorhead Street. You sure yes. know about this. Yep. And, and I often say that that's the, that, that building is where my young creative self started to crack open. It was in that creaky old theater. <laughs> um, so, so I always thought to myself, oh, I'm going to be an actor when I grow up. But it was when I went to college. And for me, it, it wasn't in Florida. It was here. In, you know, I went to UNC. But I looked around and said, oh, these are real actors. I am not a real actor. These are real actors. And so that was when the shift to where I start to feel a, a real kinship to you is that it, then you start to realize, Oh, I can actually be a part of, of, of making these visions come to life. I can build teams around a show. I can hire actors. I can hire directors. I can hire designers and be the person that, that marshals all the expertise and, and creativity around a vision. Right. Um, so, so it sounds like you eventually went from stage management and you started to be able to go, oh, wait, I can even look over here. I can look at, at general management. I can look at production management and, and, and management of a theater. How did that shift come into your field of vision? Yeah, it happened. Uh, I think it actually happened really early on, maybe after doing two or three shows in a row and realized that it, I think I missed it too much. So what happened was, you know, you, as a stage manager, you, you finish a show and then, you know, if you're lucky enough to get on another show, then you start working on that. Or maybe, you know, you start it in the middle of the first one. But there was definitely a transition. It wasn't a downtime, but there was a transition sort of a between projects. And I thought, oh, that's not really fun. I kind of want to stay in it every day. I actually want to go to work the next morning and and have this in front of me and kind of be in the middle of it day after day. Um, and, and then I started thinking about, I'm kind of also missing out on, you know, my time with friends on weekends or at night. And maybe there's a way to um, do this for a living um, and, and be able to basically go to work uh, every day. So I, I kind of looked at different positions within theater companies and discovered different uh, positions. And one of them uh, was actually called a company manager. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really fascinated by it. Um, so, you know, I really did some research and read up on it. And I kind of wanted to 
pursue that route, uh, a position called company manage- manager. And uh, as I was going to a college in, in, in Florida, um, you know, I decided that, you know, if I'm going to do this, I want to learn from the best. And my assumption then was that I have to be in New York and I have to learn from the best. So that's what led me to that, you know, from the college environment to uh, New York City. And that's when I pursued and got an internship uh, with Disney Theatrical Productions, which is mm-hmm. essentially Disney on Broadway uh, company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was assigned to um, the Lion King group. So that's how I got to New York. And and were you, when, during your internship at Disney Theatricals, were you on the company management team there? Or was it sort of like, you know, as an intern, you you, you experienced lots of different um, roles there at Disney? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, the opportunity was with a team, with a department called um, National Tour Management and Marketing. Sure. Um, so it was um, the the Lion King is sort of its own enterprise. Sure. Know, like a company of its own. Um, and um, my job was to support um, that department. And uh, what that actually ended up giving me in terms of experience is what what it takes to run a weld oiled sort of almost like a corporate machine that is incredibly successful on Broadway and, you know, international markets um, and uh, be able to basically follow every day the general management of what happens in those companies and marketing aspects of it and what happens on the ground in each market that the show actually goes into. Um, So it just gave me it actually it gave me more than i thought i was signing up for in that sense because it was not just company management of a production or a company it was general management of this enterprise so it was really great i i subscribe to the belief that people in management whether it's company management or you name it especially theater theater management in general that you have to have both sides of your brain firing yeah, you, know, you can't just be left brain. You can't just be right brain. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in company management. I mean, you are the liaison between the manager and the, the producer, mm-hmm. and and the cast and the crew mm-hmm. that are putting that show on it at the theater every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are the go between. You're you're the connective tissue right. between those two important parts of the organism that is the the in this case the Lion King. Let's say. Right. Um, so, so you know, it's for me. I always sort of, um, I, I get frustrated when people think that folks who are in management aren't creative beings because they are supremely creative beings, especially in theater management. Mm-hmm. Um, so it leads me to ask you, what, do you think there's an art to arts management? And, and if, if you think there's sort of an art to arts management, like how would you describe it? I mean, how, how do you bring your own sort of your, your uniqueness to the way you manage uh, a, a theater or a production? So I, I I agree completely. I do think there's um, there's a creative aspect to uh, just all areas of um, you know in an arts organization. Yeah. And um, my hope um, is that I can, because of my background and with everything I've learned, my hope is that I can activate and maximize 
um, everyone's work at the theater, whether mm-hmm. you be, uh, you know, production or marketing or you know fundraising or even uh, finance, uh, even further that it's ever been, and um, there's really. You know, there's never been a more important time to inspire and connect people, yeah. and not just young people, but also grown-ups too. And uh, you know, when I engage uh, these administrative teams, uh, you know, those areas that I mentioned, um, I absolutely welcome and challenge them um, to to to. <laughs> I guess th- that's the catchphrase: think different. Yeah, um, to actually. Um, keep the spirit of continuous improvement. Um, and especially now, because everyone, just every organization is uh, experiencing some level of reduction or, you know, kind of um, um, sort of a quiet period, if you would. And uh, it just gives us a chance to almost pause and think about the best uh, best step forward and be able to actually review how things are usually done and be able to say, you know what, let's try it this way mm-hmm. because it's more efficient, because it's faster, because it's, um, you know, it, it'll create more creative space. Um, so, you know, the spirit that I have seen in rehearsals and sort of creative process, I try to, um, I, I try to bring that into um, these administrative areas, because I think there's always room for that. Um, and especially, you know, being on the administrative side, understanding how the art is created, you know, how theater is created only really helps us, um, you know, maximize just overall effort, you know, to yeah. um, engage more people and uh, I think uh, appeal to more people. Um, and I think that's that's what's important to stay connected to the creative side. Well, I just love the fact that you, you view your role as one, as, as being an inspirer and being a connector. And I think it takes incredibly creative thinking to keep a, a large staff of people and, and a rotating sort of cast of people, you know, that come in on a certain production and then they leave. But to be one of the leading voices there to keep them charged up and inspired and thinking creatively, creative approaches to, to challenges. Certainly every theater in, in, in the country is facing challenges right now. And so it, it takes creative and innovative thinking to um, roll up our sleeves and say, we're, we're going to persevere through this. We're going to, we're going to get to the other side of this and we're going to, you know, we're going to be better for it. You know, when we get, when we get to the other side of this pandemic, Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love that you are that that you bring that spirit of creativity and innovative thinking and, and inspiring the team around you um, to a role like this. I think it's it's wonderful. Um, tell me, what, was Charlotte uh, on your radar prior to applying for and, and ultimately accepting this position, or was or did Charlotte come come onto your radar as a result of of discovering the position at Children's Theater? Yeah. I have been working in this particular field uh, called theater for young audiences for a while now. And um, I, I always looked up to children's theater of Charlotte as one of the best in the country and um, uh, a leadership opportunity in a healthy arts organization doesn't open up every day or every month for that matter. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, for it to, 
happened in Charlotte, North Carolina was almost unbelievable um, mm-hmm. to me. And it, this was an opportunity that captured, I think, pretty much everything I wanted professionally and um, a lot of what we wanted as a, as a family. Professionally, everything made sense because I wanted to work at a theater that served um, young people. Uh, families and young people. And I wanted to, uh, you know, keep challenging myself in a a management position uh, like this. And, uh, you know, I also wanted to uh, work for a theater that was um, interested in playing a civic role, if you would, in a community. And CTC has always done that well. Um, So they just had a lot of um, great programs that I, um, that I felt connected to. And on a personal level, um, my family uh, has been, uh, I think, big fans of North Carolina just in general. Mm-hmm. So if there was a state that we would be willing to move to, um, you know, outside of Florida, I, I, we knew it was going to be North Carolina. So yeah. everything kind of intersected um, really well, um, at the same time. So. Wonderful. I love that. Um, you know, I could not agree with you more. I mean, when people ask me, what are some of the things I have to do when I come visit Charlotte? Um, I always say you have to go see a children's theater show because I absolutely agree with you that we are one of the the crown jewels in, 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 professional theater and certainly in children's theater across the country. I mean, one of the absolute best children's theaters in the country. And I don't think enough people, I know enough people don't know that yet. You know, they don't truly appreciate just how lucky we are to have a a, a children's theater of, of this caliber Mm -hmm. in the queen city. And then when you add to that, the fact that there's something incredibly unique about this hybrid children's theater library partnership. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is just so one of a kind. I don't know if there's anything else quite like children's theater of Charlotte out there. So I can imagine knowing, you know, having learned now about your background and what fires you up and that, that when you would see a position like this open up, it'd be like the, it would be like a cartoon moment. Like the eyes would pop out and you're like, I've got to go for that position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And then add to that the fact that your family is always, you know, like the Carolinas. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, you know, all the ingredients were there for the perfect yeah, match. Absolutely. Yeah. Was it a grueling uh, interview process? I mean, was, did it, was it all virtual or did you, did you come up for any of the interview process? Um, what was that like? Yeah, um, I wouldn't call it gruesome, but it was, um, I think it was careful and also um, uh, very well thought out. And yeah. I really appreciated that. Um, and uh, my entire interview process, which lasted maybe two months, maybe two and a half months, mm-hmm. was entirely virtual yep. uh, until the very, very uh, end. Um, I got to spend a little bit of time uh, on site, but, you know, completely distanced and masks and, and you know, all those safety measures in place. Um, and um, yes, but I, I just have to credit um, the board of directors and um, senior uh, leadership um, uh, at the theater for just creating a really uh, productive and thoughtful uh, process 
um, just throughout because not once I felt uh, remote, if that's mm. the word. Um, and every person that I, you know, talk to during the interview process, and also during the onboarding too, um, they really cared about, um, you know, my thoughts and, uh, you know, my vision and also my background. So every session that we had on Zoom, um, I mean, felt just as engaging as, you know, in-person interviews. So mm. uh, I would say it was really effective i mean i mean there's the end result that i was happy with but even just throughout the process um i feel really heard um, yeah which is really wonderful you said that you got to spend a little bit of time on site near the end of that process tell me a little bit about your first impressions when you actually got to walk into children's theater of charlotte and then i want to know about your initial impressions of, of charlotte as a city as well yeah, so the, the, uh, the first time I actually, before I even stepped in, um, I had, you know, seen pictures of uh, Imagine On and just how unique this whole setup was. So I knew about that. But, you know, when I actually arrived on site, um, it, it really just as a visitor, it made me curious about the building. Yeah. And if I were just a parent um, you know, just standing in a corner looking at the building, I, I think I wouldn't want to go in there and see what, what it's all about. And that's, that's such, such a wonderful place to start when you're thinking about, you know, working inside of that funny looking building. Um, and then, you know, once I did go in, I could actually see how just so well integrated, um, and just, well infused the, these two you know arts organizations are the well it's one is library and the other one is theater yep. i couldn't tell where one started and the other one you know mm -hmm. started right <laughs> because it, it was just so integrated and i could just easily see a family spending a good chunk of their saturday um you know in that in that building yeah. and uh, it just it, i think it would just offer I figured it offered so many uh, collaboration opportunities between the two um, because it's it's just no brainer. So I, I was really excited when I first stepped in. Um, and then you you asked about my first impression of Charlotte. Yeah, uh, I I love Charlotte. I think just as a family, we, we we love Charlotte. And like I mentioned before, we love just the whole state of North Carolina. So um, it's been it's been exciting and. And at the same time, though, it is a little bit sad because we can't really go anywhere yep. and we can't experience we can't experience Charlotte the way we should or, you know, we we, we uh, normally could. Um, but, you know, I think as just from what I have seen, it's been really fun. And since I have a six year old and a three year old, mm -hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to visiting all the kids friendly um, museums and parks and, and obviously, you know, imagine on when they're fully open, because I, I know they're going to have a great time just, you know, all over the city. So. Oh yeah. You all, your whole family has so much waiting for you. I mean, there, there's yeah. so much creativity happening in this city. Oh, I know. All waiting, waiting for you when we get uh, out there and we're going to, we're going to do our best to stoke that sense of wander lust uh, in you inside of Charlotte and, uh, you know, make sure that you and your family get to experience all of it, certainly. And I agree with you. I love the way that the building, the way the building is designed, Imagine On is designed, 
is a an absolutely perfect represent uh, sort of manifestation of that 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 the fusion of a of a children's theater and a library system and this idea that what it really is is it is a it's a manifestation of storytelling it's a manifestation of of connection of um, curiosity and 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 inclusion and access I mean this idea that that the stories that need to be told. Mm-hmm inside Children's Sea of Charlotte are, are the stories and perspectives and worldviews of, of people of all different backgrounds, all different experiences. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find those stories in the book, on the bookshelves in Imaginon, but then mm-hmm. my experience is that you, you also get to experience them on the stages of Children's Theater right. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, given the fact that you're originally from Japan, um, you know, you've worked in performing arts in several continents, and it's like you you, ha- you bring in an internationally informed perspective and sort of a globally minded worldview to the work. And so are you excited about, you know, kind of the work that's been done at Children's Theater? And are, are, is your what is your intention moving forward is to sort of even throw that scope even wider? What what gets you excited about about the work here? Yeah, so a good example actually is the the show that is coming up uh, and is going to be available for streaming. I think next month, uh, Tropical Secrets is what it's called. Um, it's a, it's a good example, I think, of um, just the world is smaller than you think, <laughs> and it's just getting smaller every day, especially uh, you know for these future generations, and when. And, and yet, um, I think the message um, that we, I feel like as parents and as families, uh, want to convey to our children, they're quite universal, no matter where you live or, you know, what, um, what which country you're from. Um, and um, I think being able to, you know, take a story. So the whole concept of Imagine On is uh, stories coming to life. And, um, you know, I think being able to um, inspire kids through reading, uh, that's certainly amazing. And it's even more amazing when we can retell that and even expand um, kids' imagination uh, when we actually tell that story on our stage in a very theatrical way. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, you know, theatrical experience is universal. Um, and, you know, well, I certainly saw that growing up in Japan and in other countries, they, they, you know, I think that kind of storytelling um, happens everywhere, sometimes through language, sometimes without language. So, I mean, I'm personally, um, uh, open to and love all kinds of um, theater. And um, I think the way um, CTC has programmed shows, um, I, I think is just wonderfully flexible and open and diverse um, mm. that, that really would speak to um, different communities, different 
um, you know, I think cultural backgrounds um, and just different peoples. And, uh, you know, the, one of the reasons I, I love Charlotte is its diversity. And there are different kinds of people here and mm-hmm. different backgrounds. And it, it's also, you know, one of the fastest growing cities in the country. So I, I just think, you know, every week we're seeing different families just move into our community. And it just gives us a chance to look at ourselves and say, um, how can we keep up with this growth of, you know, the cultural diversity in our community and, you know, reflect their voices um, so that we can really engage the entire community um, in our programming. Beautiful. Well, that is that is such an exciting sort of vision of the future. It also makes me wonder so what do you think is the biggest challenge ahead for you right now? Um, I mean, obviously, there's no lack of challenges on the landscape of, of, of anyone in, in, the, in the performing arts or, in, or just in the artistic fields right now. But for you in your new role at Children's Theater of Charlotte, at Imaginon, what do you think is the biggest challenge that, that lies ahead? Well, I, I think our challenges mirror everyone else's challenges, like you say, in the industry and um, even with the vaccines, I would imagine it'll take many months before the entire community uh, feels comfortable sitting shoulder to shoulder without mm-hmm. uh, masks, you know, just the way we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, we've, we've already uh, implemented a series of um, safety measures um, in our theater to minimize contacts and risks uh, for our students and teachers mm-hmm. and staff. Um, I think the toughest part right now, certainly I think uh, um, psychologically actually, mm-hmm. is the distance between us and uh, uh, students yep. in the community uh, because that's how we do theater. Mm-hmm. Um, theater tends to happen when people gather and it's, it's incredibly, I think, hard, not just on you know the students who want to do it, but also their parents who are watching their kids not be able to do what they love. And it's even harder on us who would love to do this, you know, every day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with kids in the community. So if the question is, you know, what's what's the biggest challenge? I think not being able to do what we love, mm-hmm. that's the biggest challenge. And, um, you know, our effort right now is to um, to stay connected with uh, with everyone out there, our you know I think young people, uh, and also stay relevant uh, in their lives mm-hmm. because you know a lot of them are not going to school, a lot of them just lack I think social opportunities, and uh, however we can you know virtually or otherwise, we're trying to come up with opportunities so that we can remind them <laughs> that they still can do theater. Um, uh, in 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 some fashion and trying to give them tools for that and also um, you know when we do come back um, we you know that we have an exciting program waiting for them so um, I think we're trying to uh, keep that creative spirit uh, mm-hmm. up in our creative um, community so that's that's the biggest challenge in addition to all the obvious ones uh, right on the pandemic right. Well, speaking of the future, here's my final question for you for for this episode of onboarding. When we throw you a five-year anniversary party at Children's Theater, 
what do you think we're going to be celebrating? What what do you hope to have accomplished in five years at Children's Theater if you if you were to look ahead that far? Five years from now, actually much sooner than that, I would like people to be able to say the imagine on looks exactly the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, that's what I want everyone to say with all of our seats filled, a library full of kids and uh, families just gathering and laughing and enjoying their time together um, at this incredibly unique place uh, yeah. in Charlotte called Imagine On because I've traveled to many different cities um, I've never seen such a fun place like Imagine On. So mm-hmm. I would love for, so in that case, it's not just children's theater, but also uh, the library. I'd love us to get to a point where the entire community of Charlotte and beyond just fully experiencing Imagine On the way um, it should be. And, yeah. um, it, you know, after we get through, this pandemic, yeah. after we uh, can comfortably gather again, uh, you know, we get back on our feet mm-hmm. and um, be our creative selves. I think once again, that's what I'd love to see. Well, and what I love about that answer now is that um, when you say, you know, that five years from now and sooner that people will turn to children's theater and say, this is this is the way Imagine On needs should look. To me, that also says that it should look like the community it serves, that it should that it should be as vibrant and diverse and open and accessible uh, that as a, as a diverse, a, grow, a, a city with it that's increasingly diverse like Charlotte, that it deserves, that it needs, that every single person that calls Charlotte home deserves that. And so I feel like that's baked into that vision that you're articulating too. So, um, so now, Siramaki, it has been so great to have an onboarding session with you, to welcome you, not just to the Children's Theater of Charlotte, but to Charlotte, to the Queen City, to crown you a Charlottean, and uh, to say thanks for saying yes and for joining us here to help uh, you know, keep our creative community here fired up and inspired with the beautiful work that I know you're gonna be doing. Thank you so much now. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks to Now Saramaki for speaking with us. And most importantly, thank you, the listener, for tuning into The Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or better yet, just tell them yourselves. Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at BiscuitCLT.com. The Biscuit CLT podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music by Harvey Cummings. <laughs>